0: Come on. Good morning. good morning. Thank you. It is so good to see you today. The sun is shining. It is March. We are going to make it, folks. We're going to make it. I'm telling you. Now, I, I you know, sometimes preaching, there's got to be some real transparency. There's got to be some some vulnerability that takes place. So here we go. I'm going to lay myself bare. I've always been the smallest guy. I know that's a shock to some of you. I know that it is, but I've always been the shortest guy. Since I was in elementary school, I've always been the shortest guy. My mom, she, your parents say things to you, right? And, and those things stick with you. And some of them don't have the impact that, that they really want it to have. I still, re- still remember the day my mother said, we're not the best looking family in the world. <laughs> I was crushed. Simply crushed. First of all, my mother's wedding picture looks like a movie star. But she said to me one day, she said, this was one of those moments, right, where you're really trying to speak to your kid. And she said, Kevin, she said, when people walk into a room, they immediately recognize two people, the tallest and the shortest. Great. Now everybody's staring at me. (laughs) Sometimes when I see somebody that's my size, I will literally walk by and go, holy cow, that guy is short. (laughs) I don't feel short, but all right. The Bible says a lot. I know you're thinking, how in the world is this guy ever going to pull this out of the dumpster? The Bible says a lot about being small. It does. And I want us to look at Proverbs chapter thirty. And I'm going to read this and you're going to say, are you kidding me? But I want want you to work with me this morning, okay? Proverbs chapter 30, starting at verse 24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with a hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. This morning I want to <laughs> I want to start out and talk to you about the power of pestilence at first. And I know it's not something that you think about for a normal uh, Sunday morning, but just, just hang with me, okay? We've been doing this together a while. I hope you can trust me to get you there. In the 14th century, for those of you that are history buffs, the bubonic plague, otherwise known as Black Death, really uh, took a toll on the world. In five years, half of Europe was killed as a result of the bubonic plague for a long time, it was blamed on rats. People thought that rats transmitted the disease, but what they found out later was it actually was the fleas who were on the rats that actually transmitted the disease. So we know that pestilence can be powerful. It can wreak havoc on our world, but let's talk about ants for a second. Proverbs says they have little strength, yet they store food in the summer. I remember when I was a kid, one of the, the albums, the records, the LPs, for those of you that are kids, now, now my 19-year-old Isaac, he's now found LPs. He's into LPs, right? That's all we had at, at the point when we were growing up. I remember the story of the grasshopper and the ant, The grasshopper played his fiddle all summer long, but the ant was gathering his food. And that is a Proverbs, a story of Proverbs, that the ant gathers his food in the summer. But you know what? As kids, we we loved grasshoppers, and we killed ants by the millions, okay? We used to sit on the curb in the summertime with a magnifying glass, okay, And we would get that perfect fine point dot of light. And we would find every ant that we could. And we would burn them alive. But I want you to know we're not going to run out. They say that there's probably a million ants on the earth for every one person. So there's plenty of them ultimately to go around. There's some things that we can learn from the ant. Ants live in colonies, which is to say they live with a sense of community. You may not know this, but ants are the only other species on the earth that farm like humans. They actually farm other insects for their own well-being. Ants are they, they have two stomachs. You think, well, that's kind of a weird, a weird thing to say. Ants have one stomach that they use for themselves, but then they have another stomach to share. Could you imagine if we were created that way? Somebody comes up, hey, I'd like to, oh, you know what? I'm really feeling full. I'm okay. I don't need it. <laughs> we, I don't think we'd really enjoy that. But an ant, we think of it, and scripture says it is of little strength. But an ant can lift somewhere between 10 and 50 times its own weight. In fact, there's an ant known as the weaver ant that can lift 100 times its own body weight. Now, that's still not very much. But it's all relative. It's relative as compared To the ant. And an ant's strength is little comparatively. Proverbs then talks about the hyrax. The hyrax is something that your version of the Bible may say the word coney. Um, Sometimes they're called rock badgers. There's all sorts of names for this little animal, but it's about the size of a large rabbit. It lives in the rocks in Palestine, and those rocks that it lives in are what offer it its protection. They live in groups or colonies of about 50 in number, and they have a really interesting feature that they, they use as really part of their, the, the way they protect themselves. When they go out and they eat on vegetation, they get in a circle. But they don't get in a circle facing one another. They get in a circle and their heads point outward. So that they can always be watching out for danger. That's something that they just have that God has given them. They're always looking out for predators. The writer of Proverbs also mentions lizards and he says they can be caught by hand. Now my wife... She loves the idea of travel, okay? She, she's the one that loves travel. I'm the one that's traveled. And she wants to go to New York City in the worst way. I think I finally found the answer. I don't know if you know this, but in Long Island, they have a lizard problem. They're, they are a specific kind of lizard. They are the Italian wall lizard. Here, I wanted to be Italian all my life. The Italian wall lizard—they were lizards that were imported and sold in pet stores, and of course, people released them or they escaped. But now, all of a sudden, these little suckers are starting to uh, multiply, and they have covered three counties around Long Island, and they are there's a problem you go online, there are hundreds and thousands of solutions and products that you can buy to keep lizards out of your house. Another really good reason to live in the UP, right there, lizards. But those things try to get in your house. They try to get in your basement so that they can uh, have shelter, so that they, I suppose in the wintertime, they're trying to escape uh, the the cold because they're cold-blooded. They're looking for, for survival. They're looking for food. They're small. You can grab them, but you can't stop them. And then finally, he talks about locusts. Locusts are a special kind of grasshopper. As I said earlier, we loved grasshoppers as kids. My neighbors had a row of tiger lilies right up next to their house, and the sun beat on that that, that row of tiger lilies, and there were always thousands of grasshoppers. And when we were little kids, we would wander from our house to their house, alongside their house, and we would We would literally just catch grasshopper after grasshopper. Locusts are a breed of grasshopper. And this particular grasshopper exists in the North African countries, the Northeast African countries, and they go really without being noticed for years and years at a time. But then all of a sudden, there's some special type of conditions. This is a very um, arid climate, um, so it, 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 would, it would seem um, dry. But then all of a sudden, a lot of rain will come all at one time. And all of a sudden, these grasshoppers, which have been minding their business for years and years, they begin to change. One of the changes is that they start to multiply. Multiply. In fact, they will multiply 20 times, 20-fold 20 every three months. They begin to multiply, and then it's like they are drawn together, Pierre, by, by a, a tone, by a, a musical note, almost as if it just draws them together. If you've seen people that love music, they hear music, they're, they're immediately drawn to it. And these special grasshoppers. They begin to be drawn together, and then if you've ever seen a flock of birds, if you've ever, sometimes even when I've been duck hunting before, I'll see a large flock of ducks, and they're not like ducks normally are, and they function as if they are one. One. And these locusts will begin to do that. They begin to function as one. Swarms of locusts have been recorded as large as 100 miles by 100 miles. Those things have such a devastating effect. In fact, 10% of our world's food source is at risk right now because of locusts in the world. When they drop onto a, a crop field, they will generally destroy between 50 and 80% of that crop, according to the UN. And they will routinely cross the Red Sea, which is 186 miles wide. It's huge. In 1988, a swarm crossed from North Africa to South America. And a swarm that is one square mile can eat as much as 100,000 people in one day. They have a devastating impact. And yet, the Bible refers to them as things that are small. So let's look for a second at, at, at strength through weakness. It's easy today to feel powerless in this world. It's easy. If we look at the big picture, this past week or so I was on the phone with one of the executives from Convoy of Hope uh, down in Springfield talking about Convoy's efforts in Ukraine. And he said that the Russians are targeting evangelical churches in their bombing. That'll make you feel powerless. That'll make you feel small. Proverbs says that we don't survive by strength. We don't survive by size. There's something else. So let's go back and let's look at these, these examples that Proverbs gives us and let's learn something from them. You see, God gave the ant strength. It's relative but he didn't give the ant size. Imagine if ants were six feet tall, the size of a person, a, a normal person. Okay. All right. Let's imagine you think, well, you know, okay. They can lift between 10 and 50, some of them a hundred times their body weight. They, would, they could rule the world. They could literally rule the world. Even if they were smaller, just the sheer numbers of them, they could rule the world. God created them small. God gave them strength that was large in comparison to their size, but still we would call it little. We would call it not much strength. And their hope for survival... Is simply that they continue working. That's why they survive. You ever you ever sweep your sidewalks at home or your drive, the cracks in your driveway, and a, a week later there's another anthill there. You sweep it away, and another week later there's another anthill there. Do you know why? It's because they never stop working. No matter how many times you sweep that thing away, they just keep working. Their survival is based on the fact that they are working together. And God made us, and he tries to communicate it to us in Proverbs, he made us like the ant. Individually, we do not have much strength comparatively. There's always someone stronger. We don't have much strength individually. But when we work together, when we when we combine our efforts, we can be strong. In fact, God gives strength in the midst of our weakness and he makes us strong. God when when Paul wrote uh script the scriptures in the new testament the apostle paul what did he say he felt powerless because of a thorn in his flesh Paul had some they believe some physical ailment and it caused him to feel weak. He he was weak because of whatever that ailment was and he came to God and he said, "God, I've asked you 3 times to remove this thorn in my flesh." Now, if God's not listening to the apostle Paul, is he going to listen to me? If Paul feels small, how should I feel? And God responded to Paul's request. And his response, Paul lists that in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Apostle Paul understood that God makes us strong through weakness, You know, a lot of times we really love that scripture from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And we focus on that because we want to be strong. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That verse really is not about us and our strength. It's about Christ and his strength. The point of that is that we are weak. The point of that is that we are not strong. The point of that is that it is Jesus Christ who has the strength, and he gives us that strength. Let's go to our example of the Coney's. They have no defense system whatsoever. I found out something interesting. The only thing they have, they have one thing. They have one nail. They have one nail. And I, I, I believe they use it to dig in the rock for their, for their burrows. That's, that's all they have. And they're not going to stab you to death with it, okay? They don't use it as a weapon. Anatomically, in the animal world, their closest relative, okay, we're talking about an animal the size of a, a large rabbit, their closest relative in the animal kingdom is the elephant. Yeah, their feet, the the their skull, um, all of those things. They are that's their close. The closest thing to them in the animal kingdom is an elephant. But an elephant is protected by its sheer enormity, by its volume, by its size. The coney is the right size for a snack, okay? Its size does not offer it any protection whatsoever, but it does have two superpowers, and one of its superpowers is that it takes its shelter in the rock, and it's the rock that provides the protection. It goes into the rock, and the prey, the predators, cannot get it. It goes into the rock, and the storm cannot affect it. It goes into the rock, and it is protected from the heat of the day. The rock is its protection. Did you know that God provides a rock to keep you safe? Have you ever thought about that before? Let's look at some scriptures, and you might want to write these down. These may be things that you take home with you and look at later, Psalm 62.2. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken. Psalm 18, 2, the first part of that verse. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Are you picturing yourself like one of these These conies that when danger comes, we go into Christ and we have our refuge in him. Psalm 118, 14, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has come, become my salvation. Like that little coney, the rock is our prime defense. It's not our own strength that is our prime defense. It is the rock that is the person of Jesus Christ. That is our protection. But they have one other really great superpower. I mentioned it earlier. And it's the fact that they are always looking outward to see the danger. And they're doing that to protect themselves and others who are in their little, uh, their little colony. They are looking at those things. They're looking for danger. 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter says this, be alert. That means keep a watch out. Keep a watch out, be alert, be sober, uh, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, we may be of little power, but we can look out for one another. We can can help each other. We can keep an eye on one another. And I'm not talking about judgmentalism. I'm talking about caring for one another, caring for the safety and well-being of each other physically and spiritually. We have that superpower as well. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, the writer of Hebrews says this, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you know that being together as followers of Christ, being together is the strength of the church? Being together. It's the strength of the body of Christ. As we walk together in faith in Jesus Christ. Some people will say, you know, it's different with me. I'm strong enough. I don't need anyone else. I don't need anybody else in my life. I'm strong enough. I can handle things on my own. I can protect myself. Who's looking out for danger? Who's keeping an eye out for you? Who is encouraging you? When you're down. Why in the world would God compare us to lizards? I don't know. But you know what? We're weak and he still gives us access into his presence. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, you see, just at just the right time, while you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, for through him we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also God's members of his household. The last one is the locusts, and I want to just move through that and Kind of get to the end of our service here I'm going to ask our worship team to come, and here's what we're going to do. we're going to uh, participate in communion this morning, so as the worship team comes, we're going to sing a song that we sang a little bit earlier about victory that we have, about the power that comes through Jesus, the victory that we gain through that and this morning the, those that are going to serve communion, they're going to step out and they're going to just begin to move up and down the aisles and pass those uh, the communion elements to you. And as they do, I want you to just uh, feel free to, to grab that and hold on to that. There are some cup holders in the chairs in front of you if you look down uh, low. But as we worship, I want to invite you, come and stand with me. Would you do this? We're going to close in prayer in just a couple minutes. But as we do this together, you know, I realize that there are days when you feel weak, when you feel like you do not have power, when you feel small. And I believe that God desires to bring victory into your life, to bring victory into your family, to move by his power in you. Now, I don't know what it is that you might be going through, but guess what God does? And I want you to look at something. I want you to realize something. We have access into the presence of God through his blood. I want you to look at those elements that you're holding in your hand. They represent the body and the blood of Jesus. We have access through him. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We have power, we have protection through the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. As the team leads us, if there's something that you are dealing with, something that you are struggling with today, some some way that you are feeling like you are not powerful, you are not strong, but you feel very small, I want you to rest in the fact today that he is your victory, that he is your strength, that he is your protector, that he is your power. Team, would you lead us? And then as we're done with this song, I'll come back and we'll participate in communion together. I want to just invite you to take the elements that you have in your hands and just sort of hold them up a little bit. Father, we acknowledge today that in and of ourselves, we're not strong enough. We don't have enough power. We don't have enough ability. We don't have enough strength. But God, we acknowledge your word. We believe that the Bible is your word, the very spoken word of God. And your word has told us that there is power in weakness. So, Father, we declare our weakness to you today. And, Lord, as we hold in our hands the body, the, the bread, the representation of the body of Jesus, we thank you that Jesus came in human form and lived as a man, and that he gave himself, that he endured the cross for us, that we might receive healing in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Would you partake of the bread together? And Father, we're so thankful for his blood shed for our sin. God, we're so weak that we can't even overcome our own sin. We're not strong enough to protect ourselves. We're not good enough to gain access into your presence. But Lord, your word says that by the blood of Jesus, we have access into the very presence of God. Father, we want to thank you. God, whatever we've been dealing with that has caused us to feel weak, to cause us to feel defeated, through the blood of Jesus, we have strength, we have power, we have access today. We thank you. Would you partake of the cup together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you today for that one that might be here and is struggling, feeling like there's weak. they're weak, feeling like there's no help for them, feeling like they're all alone. I pray today, Father, that they would be encouraged, that they would be lifted up, that they would be built up today. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's great to be with you today. I just want to encourage you, rather than walk out the door and get on with your day, take a few minutes, love on people, get to know people, fellowship together. It's amazing what a cup of coffee can do especially when there's something sweet alongside of it. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Amen.